the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery at 1604 in Bolverde Road. During the next two hours, our experts will help you with your gardening questions when you call 210-308-8867. That's 210-308-8867. Or come by Millburgers during the show and have your question answered in person. And now it's time for Millburgers Gardening South Texas. I'm 9.30 a.m., The Answer. And welcome to the Christmas edition, or the Christmas Eve edition, of Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch, and we're ready to uh, just, uh, don't call in today. I'm not even going to give out the number, but uh, you can uh, uh, just uh, sit back and enjoy the show, and we want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. It, it was a pretty confusing. I didn't realize... Oh, Christmas kind of snuck up on us so yeah, fast. Yeah, it snuck up on us fast, and it's it's a weird day Yeah, on a Monday. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't know why that's weird, but it just seems a little different than normal. But, yeah, so um, well, we're just going to cover a variety of different topics and uh, educate you a little bit. Don't call in. Uh, but, uh, listen, the nursery closed today at noon, and they're closed today, Christmas, tomorrow, for Christmas. So um, there's uh, not... You know, don't don't come till after the holiday. But I will tell you, if there's still Christmas items left, and you're one of those folks that likes cool yard art or different things, uh, Millburgers will be the place to go. You'll find lots of fun stuff. Don't tell Trace I told you that, okay? All right. Um, so where do you want to start, Calvin? Um, you talked a little bit about uh, cold protection. You want to start there? Yeah, we better do that. We want to alert everybody. We've been... Uh Feeling the cool, I guess it, I, don't, I don't want to call it cold. I don't want to change our luck, but uh, <laughs> the cool, cool weather has been uh, good for us in a, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, we'll have, today we'll probably talk a lot about the the vegetable production and yeah. how that's responded, and the uh, and what a difference rain. Even when the rain is limited. We could still use a lot more rain, but when it's limited, when the temperatures are reasonable like this, the the, the gardens are, are, are prospering. Um, so that's good. Now if we could just get some uh, more serious rain and uh, fill the aquifer up, we'd be in hog heaven, huh? Yeah, uh, it'd be nice to, to officially break the drought. I'm just curious. So uh, if you're some, you know, we always talk about cold protection um, in terms of like protection, so it's the threat. But actually, in some ways, doesn't the cold and the wet take some of the stress off different plants? I guess like our, like my Belinda's Dream shrub rose. The the Belinda's Dream it, it really did nothing in the heat of the summer. Then it cooled down, and we got a little bit of rain, and because uh, we were even watering it. And now that it's cooled down, it seems to be thriving a little more. Oh, you're just bragging because you had such a wonderful <laughs> performance. He's, he sent off his uh, 
uh, picture of this yes. wonderful Belinda's Dream Rose with the little raindrops on yeah, it. And then yeah, it was very artistic. I have to, yeah, I have to admit that was pretty. It was very attractive, and it, it was consistent with uh, some of the other uh, tough modern roses and old fashioned. The old fashioned roses, like the Mrs. Dudley Cross, is oh, really okay, looking is looking good, and um, oh, and uh, oh. Um, is it the Katie Road or the? Do you still have those? Or? Yeah, Ka- Katie Road. I haven't had a oh. I haven't had good luck this. No, I, I had a, it. It took a took him on the chin. Um, uh, the Gonzalez Rose, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, that surprised me. It was. Um, That's not Martha, is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, okay, Martha Gonzalez. Six uh, six weeks ago, it was covered by. Um, Weeds and hackberries and things, and then I took a few of those uh, hackberries out, and and uh, the Martha Gonzalez, which is which I should have known better because it has a reputation for taking charge of its territory, you know, and just fi- uh, fills it up and uh, doesn't have big thorns, but it's got enough to protect itself. But it's it's blooming up a storm too, so it's looking good. So I guess the question is. Um, we talk about um, will it tolerate. We use terms like will it tolerate the cold. Um, you know, do I have to protect it from the cold? But are there some plants that absolutely love the cold? They want it. The colder, the better. Oh yeah, we. Yeah, you know, we've got a whole series. Uh, okay. Yeah, the fr- fruit trees mostly. Oh, that's true. The peaches and are they require that? That is the t- toughest part about growing. Uh, uh, peach trees and other fruit trees in this area, the chill requirement. Yeah. It's so uh, our, our cold weather, when it does come, it can be severe. But what you need is uh, for the chill requirement for fruit trees is you need a, a temperatures b- above freezing but uh, below 45. Okay. And a certain amount of hours. And so this kind of weather um, is, is good. And the weather down there in the... Uh, 30s is really really okay. superior for it, but but we're talking about yeah, oh and the the roses are another yeah I was example. wondering about yeah. the roses we talked yeah. about Belinda's now the, dream. the roses we're seeing now the performance like your Belinda's dream uh, they they really have a different reaction the, the depending on the variety but also depending on where they're planted and how they've been taken care of during that summer a lot of us. Pretty much ignored them during that, uh, yeah, that summer. I mean, you would have had you would have had to treat them like a hybrid tea rose. Basically, they would have required watering, lots of water, and yeah, yeah. and uh, pruning would have been good because there was a lot of dead branches. But uh, some of them just uh, just remembered the the reputation that we've given them and uh, the. Positive things we've said, and, <laughs> and said then there. I know you when you put your picture on the internet, yeah, stimulated a whole bunch of other Belinda's dream, yeah, photos. Too. That's cool. Good, yeah, it was. Yeah, that's 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 probably one of the most uh, oh, idyllic. You know, it it it, it would probably it close to fits into a into the. Floral shop, yeah, rose. Now, but it's a tough. Yeah, uh, that's right. It can. It, it, what's, like, what's, what's it called? The tough earth kind. 
Is it an earth kind? Yeah, yeah, it is an earth kind, but okay. it's a t- yeah, it's a, a t- I c- just call it a tough modern rose. But, All right, but it's also in in uh, the earth has status as earth kind, um, and it. Some people say it even even has a fragrance. Yeah, I Laura <laughs> says it is a fragrance. I don't oh, smell she? it. Yes, Laura. Oh. Oh, you have to smell it. It smells wonderful. I can't smell oh, it. I don't. Yeah, it's got to be a pretty subtle. It must be a subtle. Yeah. Um, and and she, when I'm when I'm talking about fragrance, I'm talking about those uh, alyssums out there, of course, in the stocks. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, at the nursery, I, it was. I, I I don't know if you were listening when I was talking to Trace, but I walked by. I said I walked by one of the rows, and it was just overwhelming. I mean. Knock you down overwhelmingly, uh, fragrant. Yeah, and what is and that was the alyssum. That was the alyssum uh, because I smelled it again when I was leaving on Sunday. The the alyssum is a uh, more of a. I think of it as like a fog, floating fog, cloud kind of in their fragrance. The stocks is more of a kind of swirling, and you know I don't know if everybody experiences it the same way, and then thus. Sweet peas, kind of. Yeah, put, you talk about those a lot. Yeah, put those in the same category as stocks. So we we're lucky. We have a lot of uh, wonderful plants. When and what was the trace was talking about uh, the the white? Um, oh, the jasmine. No, the night blooming jasmine. Well, the night blooming jasmine is 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 really kind of a. Um, I was going to say heavy, but a, a, a floating too. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Some of them kind of have a thick fragrance. It that just, is, yeah, that is thick. In fact, it, the first the first time that I uh, one of ours uh, performed uh, provided fragrance, it took me the longest time to figure out what what it was. Why why was it in the evening, you know, and what oh, was it coming from? And and uh, and then there's of course there's sto- there's stories about putting them by windows and yeah. Uh, and it's kind of with the south breeze in the summer yeah. and then the evening. So because you didn't have AC, you were cooling based on the cross breeze. And yeah. so if you put that night-blooming jasmine, I presume, in the cross breeze, you were getting the uh, the fragrance, which is yeah. nice. Um, we talked about—I mentioned that white— uh, Yeah. Um, not the uh, milkweed. No, no, not the milkweed. My favorite— uh, uh, starts with the C. Um, oh, cyclamen. Cyclamen. Yeah. And I planted a bunch uh, just to, and I, I haven't noticed any fragrance I, yet. Trace notices a fragrance. Yeah. I, don't, I don't notice a fragrance either. And and, and I think everybody uh, some everybody has a little different uh, sensitivity to the fragrance. Some, some people here uh, smell certain fragrances and they don't smell others. Um, but that that is uh this is a, one of the best times for fragrances around but getting back to our uh, uh cold weather what we <clears throat> what we're interested in we've got uh, plants that uh, uh need the, the cold mm-hmm. and we got plants that uh, uh don't the you know we don't take any action to prevent cold it, it's a little bit funny because you you know our um, northerners, when they come down and they and they they talk about protecting the the roses. Well, the roses, if you plant the uh, recommended roses, um, you don't you don't worry about protecting them because they they respond to the to that uh, c- uh, cool winter much better than 
than they do to a uh, hot winter. Yeah. Or, and uh, the, if it gets really cold, they just um, um, just come back. So that that that's a, a thing that can happen. But what what we're talking about now, you want to be prepared. Um, you, you want to. We talk, we had a discussion. I think. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Milton, about uh, taking in uh, oh the pl- uh, plants mm-hmm. that are tropical, uh, hibiscus, uh, uh, bougainvillea, bougainvillea for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, t- a few. It didn't take very many days of forty degrees or less uh, to uh, eliminate the blue- bougainvillea blooms. Uh, I'd be surprised if uh, we'll we'll put this challenge out. I guess. Uh, I'll be surprised if there's a, a lot of uh, bougainvilleas that are still blooming with uh, this weather we went through. They may have some, some may still have leaves. And, of course, if you moved them inside as is recommended, uh, they would have leaves. But if you leave them outside in those below 40 degree yeah. days, uh, too many of those, you're going to not have any, any leaves. Um, but... Uh, uh, the thing too about bougainvillea is you, uh, they do need. Uh, um, I'm think I think they need uh, prosper. They need the sun. They need some light. Okay. So that they can keep maintain a little uh, foliage, but they don't. They, and they need the temperatures to stay above forty wherever you're sheltering them. A greenhouse with uh, uh, heaters uh-huh. is is the best. And then you got to be a little careful on uh, greenhouses this time of the year if you're using them because oh. they can get pretty hot. Do, yeah, I was going to say. So so the harm of the heat is so is the the burns it, the plants suffer in that in the heat of the greenhouse or it attracts insects or um it, yeah, it, it makes it uh, possible for you you can have a, 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 a impact from Severe heat, you know, you too much heat and can uh, um, lead to a dropping of leaves too. What you hopefully you have is a shelter where you can cool it too. Um, most greenhouses you have fans or the um, w- uh, w- uh, windows that. Oh open. yeah. That's sort of vented. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the good word, vented. Okay, and that that helps on the bougainvillea too, and and, and most of the plants that you're uh, protecting. Um, but anyhow, in terms of the oh, first thing I think about is the well, the cyclamen is uh, uh, are spectacular, and they'll bloom from the minute you buy them, which could have been six weeks ago. Uh, through uh, through the whole winter, as long as you protect them from temperatures below um, twenty eight degrees. Oh, okay. So wow, that's pretty cold. Yeah, it is. Uh, most people are pretty conservative. I didn't. I've for years. I didn't protect them at all. But they're. But w- one of the things with the, the cyclamen, you're growing them in the shade, and uh, um, oh. They are that that means that they're in a shelter generally in a sheltered oh, location. Okay, so, that yeah. makes sense. So, but the but the minute I, I started uh, uh, looking into the research, 
they they in fact are are we've had some local um the horticultures that have looked into what they could tolerate and and uh twenty eight is uh all the all the colder you want them to uh to let to to uh, fall to if you if they fall below that what happens is the blooms fall off yeah the plant's fine but the blooms don't yeah make it. and then uh, how long does it take the blooms to come back to take uh beyond the into the hot weather so you your blooms they they recover only when when you're getting into april or may which is too warm anyway so they don't they don't cover, recover very long, so that's the that's the that's the issue. Um, now the foliage, most most of the time, the foliage uh, survives well, and uh, so a lot of gardeners have tried to tried to well preserve the foliage, and you actually can do that in the in the house if you have the room. Mm-hmm. You know, you got an we, we talked about an eastern uh, uh, a- access to uh, some. Um, Sunlight, but not not a a blast of sunlight, but just a a little a light. That that they'll prosper in that situation, and they'll they'll grow for years. That is so cool. Yeah, we debate. Remember, we we talk about the how the um, cyclamen for years have been used as a yeah a, like a, a hospital get well or, get yeah. well plant. Yeah, and I'm going to try this year on our cyclamen um, uh, to kind of see how long we can make it work. Now I'll have to take it from the pot that's outside and put it in another pot. Oh, will you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's usually. Um, well, let's yeah. do this. We're going to take, we're up against a break real quick. Okay. Let's take it in a second. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. We're broadcasting, uh, actually, we're recording today's show because the Millburgers is closed today at noon, so it's closed. When this is airing, and it's closed tomorrow for Christmas, uh, you can find out all the hours by going to millburgernursery.com. Uh, it's millburgernursery.com. I'm Milton Glick, along with Dr. Calvin Finch, back in a moment on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Milton Glick, along with Dr. Calvin Finch, and we're just through just... Chitting and chatting today. We're recording today's show because the nursery is closed. So when last we left you, we were talking about cyclamen. Uh, where did you, uh, and I, I broke your thought a little bit, but where did you want to go with that? Did you want to continue that or yeah, just talk about what to, what to cover or what yeah, not to worry we'll about? Just, uh, cyclamen is, is one of those uh, plants that does uh, quite often a typical winter require uh, a little... Uh, cover, uh, protection from the cold, and we mentioned uh, if the forecast is for uh, t- uh, 28 degrees or less for sure, then you uh, you want to uh, cover it. I have found that all it takes is a fabric cover. Yeah. Cut, cut to fit your bed, and I generally have these thin, long beds mm-hmm. in the shade, and uh, and they work well. You have to now. You know we talk about protecting the blooms. 
the blooms aren't overly uh, sensitive to the you know the f- the fabric. Oh, the pressure? Yeah. Really? You, okay. You can't. You know, a lot of gardeners will prop them up a little bit and make make like them a tent, into a tent. Yeah. A little bit of a tent, and, and, but you do have to if they're in a area where you got wind, you do have to to weight the, weight them down because you don't want the the fabric blown up and. So down, down the yard. What is the best way to do that? I mean, the easiest way is probably to get a pot and, and take all the corners and and put weight throughout it. But I think Trace was talking about spikes and hammering them into the oh. into the cloth. But I don't know if everybody has those. But is does one work just as well as the other? Yeah, I've uh, I've had pretty good luck with uh, um, rocks, even. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, big rocks, but I like that idea of the uh, pots mm-hmm. too because you got a little more uniformity there. If uh, especially if they're clay, they they got enough weight to prop oh, to, not, to yeah. be the tent underneath, and then you can you can use rocks or other or pots to to weight down the edges too. Um, so uh, that 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 works quite well. Um, the other things are, oh, well, citrus comes to mind. Cit- oh, in, ter- in terms of uh, cold production. Okay. Yeah, you know, our limes and lemons, especially, which are, which are one of the best. Uh, I know a lot of folks, based on uh, yeah the, the uh, customers and we see every week somebody's buying a citrus they love yeah. citrus which is great it's it's a terrific plant people get a lot of joy i went to like someone's house again a couple of weeks ago for a little christmas thing and they had a uh, a meyer lemon and and i noticed it and i said what kind of lemon is that and they were like oh it's this and we do this and we get the birds on it and everything and it's oh but it's you know these have been on there they left them on a long time i think like since September or something, they left the lemons on. I'm surprised they're still on there. But, um, but yeah, people. I mean, he gets his his voice changed. His he went from being a very serious and uh-huh. to this this almost like a kid again. Well, that's a good point though too. If they're if they're uh, close to ripe or ripe, uh, you get you get more um, protection if you do remove the that fruit. Yeah. Oh, they become they 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 become um, uh, less sensitive. To the, oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, I'll have to. Call Almost them everything them. is that way. You know, the vegetables are even that way. Oh, okay. Um, you know, if you're bro- like now, our broccoli's right huge. We'll be, we'll talk about it later in the show. But our broccoli is huge, and broccoli we think of as being very cold tolerant, cauliflower, but when it's got uh, fruit or heads, it is um, more sensitive to cold. So it's always better to harvest what you can use. And of course, tomatoes are, are yeah. And that 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 is really surprising that the tomatoes have, have made it through this weather. In fact, they seem to enjoy this. Uh, oh, really? A little cool yeah. spell. I just has just surprised me. Because my tomatoes are planted in a the lower part of my yard, and it's the us, usually it's the first plant that uh, t- 
takes it on the chin when there's cool yeah. weather. They have uh, done really well or continue to do well. In fact, the show last yeah, week you brought, brought us. A, a, I don't know how many tomatoes were on there. Did you then a bucket? But there, yeah, yeah, there were a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which they all, they, I think they almost all got eaten. That's right. Um, and then today, the, today the uh, uh, my uh, home health aide. And uh, also helps helps me on the pa- paperwork and things. And she was she was there and noticed that I just harvested the uh, some of the larger tomatoes. So she just took it for granted that I was going to provide her some. Uh-huh. It was it's kind of like she got out a container and put a put them put them in there, and and then she saw me looking at them, and she said. Um, I can have some of those, can't I? <laughs> what would I say, you know? The, yeah, yeah. What? Uh, oh, but uh, on the citrus, what we're talking about there—that th- that's kind of the classic ch- uh, cold protection. Which is uh, what's that? Uh, limes and lemons. It, be- oh. it means that if it's a if it's a twenty-eight degrees, um, then you cover them with. Fabric, and if you got if you got two uh, um, layers of fabric, I always think that's that's better. You've got uh, oh, like most of us have old sheets or or old blankets, and then we also have our uh, the fabric that like the the nursery provides mm-hmm. all you know all different sizes. And thicknesses, and and some of them that you can tighten around. Uh, if you got your uh, lemons and limes in uh, uh, containers, yeah, and then you can you can put these uh, specially uh, shaped uh, protections around yeah, like them the, too. The blanket has the drawstring, the blanket, and it, it, it's yeah. kind of shaped. Like a like a net that you would pull over, yeah. and then you pull the drawstring around. Yeah. It. Now I I, I l- like the idea of the two. I haven't uh, blankets a good product, but mm-hmm. uh, you uh, it's it's not a not a real thick right product. So you I, you want a good protection. Now the other the other thing you want to have ready, and we've seen we've seen this. Although, I guess I guess these last two years, these record short blasts of cold we've had, even our uh, even when we had heat sources, mm-hmm. they not, not they didn't uh, protect the plants in all cases. Oh, huh. uh, in my in my situation, what happened? I had uh, the great heat sources. I had these mechanics lights. Yeah, with. Uh, Non-lead, yeah, the non-LED yeah. ones that cause the heat, and uh, each 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 plant had one hanging in the middle of the tent-like character, but that and that worked so well for the first two days. Oh, but if the wind is blowing, or there's some rain or some s- snow or some of the things we saw, then. All it takes is for that uh, wind to blow 
up and under and everything. Yeah. Oh, I see. So, so it becomes l- less, less of a protection. So the more structure you can put in there, you know, we've had some uh, some great gardeners, some, especially yeah. some master gardeners that uh, have made uh, tents, basically. Oh, really? Have yeah, and that 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 would could stand a week's cold weather uh, and did not pull apart or anything. They had they had the plastic pipe. And nice. Uh, yeah, connect, connected. Well, and that's what Trace uses. His yeah. he uh, they they build those little greenhouses, sort of that the the PVC bends over that's them right. in a semicircle, and then they just throw the stuff over it. Well, and then a lot of gardeners now, um, instead of doing moving the the tents out to the container plants, they're they're arranging so that they can move their containers. Okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's got you. Got to. You got to. That, that really requires a little pre-planning, like uh, a wheel. The main thing that they're trying to use now are the the old uh, well lawnmower. Yeah, that was structures uh, that are well, no longer traces. Yeah, yeah, that you you put the pot. Do you somehow attach the pot to the lawnmower uh-huh. so you, when you're ready to bring it in, you just push it. It has wheel. Basically, you've got a dolly. You've you've yeah. you've, you've invented that reinvented the dolly. He keeps mentioning how attractive it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just gotta look at him. Yeah. Well, I guess so. As long as it works. So, what about um, plastic cloth? Uh, clear plastic. I know people are tempted to do that, but yeah. I don't think it's recommended. Is it? No, it, it isn't unless you. Uh, like on a tent, you can as long as you, if you, if you're servicing and managing it, because the you go from it's just like a greenhouse. You go you go from uh, um, twenty five degrees to seventy five degrees. Oh, so now you've got the okay. Or ninety degrees, you could go from yeah. in our climate, and that. That's uh, that's that's death. I mean, the foliage right. is is done for and things like that. So you, the plastic is is used as long as you can uh, open it or remove it uh, when the sun comes out, because it catches it. It does a pretty good job of keeping out the wind. Oh, it does a real good job of keeping out the wind if you've mm-hmm. got enough structure. That's true. And it'll, it does a fair, fair job of uh, um, keeping out the cold as long as it does not touch the plant or the leaves because it, the, that cold travels through that plastic. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh. 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 I see. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's not a not a not an insulation like a, a blanket or yeah. a she- sheet or um, the fabrics we were talking about. Um, so yeah, yeah. It just it complicates your. It can it can make your your structure uh, work really well, but it also can it just requires that you manage it uh, quite differently and. Uh, you have to be aware that that's what's going to happen. Now, I don't know if this is an HOA-approved method, uh, 
but I don't live in an HOA neighborhood. What about that citrus that I have in my yard? I get that big refrigerator box, and I put it right over the whole plant. Uh, and uh, I've seen people, there are people in our neighborhood that, you know, once it gets cold, you see all these boxes that are stacked huh. up in their yard, and they're all over citrus to protect them. I guess they could be over other stuff, too, but yeah. Yeah, that uh, could be. Uh, do you see those in your neighborhood? I'm, I, I don't see them, no. Oh, I'll, I'll, see I'll, the, I'll take but some I, pictures. But now that you t- describe it, I've, I've seen them a few times. Uh-huh. But they, uh, yeah, then you've got the storage, and uh, also they've got a, after the cardboard, well, I guess if you could put them in under a shed or under a roof or anything, you could uh, probably oh. make it through the winter, huh? Maybe so, yeah. Yeah, because if once it gets wet, it's going to just collapse. And yeah, the, uh, but uh, it's, it's so funny. It just kind of, you're driving, and I'm, uh, maybe some of our listeners have had a similar experience where you're just driving along, and then all of a sudden you see this house that used to have all this beautiful, beautiful plants, and now it's got like four refrigerator big, boxes. Yeah, yeah, refrigerator boxes in it. Um, I guess you could heat it. Could you heat it too? I guess you could. Would it hold the heat pretty well? Well, you yeah, I think you could. Uh, okay, you got to be careful. Um, oh, like um, I don't know what they so do. So it's for... not a dangerous situation. Yeah, but, that's but true. mechanics lights, and uh, the other other thing that really works well is uh, poultry heaters. Oh, okay. As long as you got air space between the flammable the the structural materials and the the heat source the thing producing heat you're you're um, you're pretty safe in that especially if you're checking on it you know you just uh, you go you put it on in the night and then you go and turn it off and, yeah and check on it hey we got to take a quick break and okay. we'll come back in a second you're listening to the Christmas Eve edition of Milberger's Gardening South Texas. Dr. Calvin Finch, I'm Milton Glick, and we'll be back in a moment right after this on 930 AM The Answer. And welcome back to Milberger's Gardening South Texas. I'm Milton Glick, and uh, today, today's show, it's Christmas Eve. Today's show is uh, pre-recorded because the nursery closed at noon. And uh, But I do recommend, after Christmas, if you're looking for great deals on Christmas items, and Milberger's has some real unique ones. And I'll uh, bet a lot of gardeners got gift certificates for They might have gotten gift presents. certificates. You know, and we, we focus on that, that gift certificate at Christmas, but... There's no reason we couldn't focus on it the rest of the year uh, because it really is such a great gift because gardening is – this is my, my reason it's such a great gift. Gardening is seasonal. My birthday may not coincide with something that I want to do. Like I uh, might want to get uh, fruit trees in the middle of summer. That may not be a good example, but that may not be the best time. But if I – I get a gift certificate. I, I'm going to put that on my wish list, and come come the time that the fruit trees come in, and you know, uh, January, February, I'm going to Millburgers, and I'm going to get one. Well, and that's coincidental to or the the idea that the, the one of the be, the major Christmas presents, mm-hmm. you know, the gift certificates uh, maybe are number one, but the citrus, 
Yeah, seems to be, especially uh, folks in the San Antonio area because it's kind of a it's kind of a magic difference, you know, if you've come from someplace else. Yeah. So, what's different? You know, what's what is San Antonio? Well, San Antonio's on the edge of the um, weather that's uh, warmer, you know, and uh, part of that part of that uh, border is the fact we can grow citrus. Uh, uh, we can go, uh, you know, the chal- the lemons and the limes are the challenge, but we can we we can grow grow them based on the cold protection that we've talked about. Uh, satsumas yeah. are relatively easy to grow for us, and uh, uh, calamundums. Yeah, the and- calamundin. Uh, <laughs> did you grow any? Did you plant any? Oh, I planted it. Yeah, the, I how did your calamundin do? Um. Uh, they never got they never got damaged. I get a lot of fruit uh, okay. for the uh but it's uh harder to use calamunda fruit than it is to use uh even kumquat. Oh, okay. Kumquat fruit. Uh, I had some na- I had some neighbors that uh, lo- love kumquat and some it was kind of a tradition for them to uh use it in some kind of a a dessert that they prepared once a year and they since I didn't use my kumquats, they, they used them until they got their own tree. And then suddenly they um, called them up and said, they're ready, come get them. You know, kind of happy to see them. And it was, fun, it was kind of fun to watch them. The kids came and everybody picked them. We don't need your kumquats anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you can use them yourself. Uh-oh. Yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> Oops. But... Uh, yeah, all all those citrus, every every one of them has a kind of a distinctive taste, yeah. and they are special for uh, somebody. Somebody always has a, a recipe that they work for. Do you think that the biggest challenge of uh, you know you mentioned people moving here from another uh, place uh, that can move from north, south, east, or west, but they're all coming here? And they've all got plants they want to grow. Is the bigger challenge the soil, or is the bigger challenge the the temperatures, or even the water? I guess. Yeah, they're all they're all they're all challenges. Um, but uh, you mentioned almost all the, the okay. Thing. The water, erratic water, is part of it. The soil, lack of good soil, and the alkaline soil. Is part of it. Um, the heat, the heat is is part of it. But the uh, but the good news is that um, if if you uh, learn uh, if you learn the timing and how to maximize the resources that are available, uh, then you um, can do a marvelous job of producing a lot of fruit. Fruit, vegetables. Well, just look at our vegetable uh, our gardens right now. Mm-hmm. You know, those broccoli heads that are as big as soccer oh, yeah. balls. And uh, I've, uh, I picked one of my uh, cauliflowers already and eat it eat it piece by piece with a little of uh, the sour cream, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, nice. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, and then... Well, and then I was gonna I was gonna mention too that n- now is the time. This is the usual time that we t- tell everybody get your get your uh, spinach in. Yeah, 
and get your onions in. Yep, yep. And both of them, both of them are available at uh, Millburgers and uh, other area nurseries. And uh, you want to get them in. Um, now we what when we when did we plant those uh, the other greens in end of July? Um, we talk about September. The, September. Maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. September. So they they are more tolerant of conditions than the than the onions. The onions are gotcha. a, a day length, and the uh, spinach needs cool weather. So that's why we wait to this time of the year. But uh, get them in. And uh, I think it's a, I think it's a consensus that spinach is the favorite green. Mm-hmm. So and you can grow it. Now, I, I think you get you probably get by on broccoli. You get by for one one plant for everybody in your household. So if you have four, a family of four by four plants. Yeah. Okay. I think you do. Because our, our broccoli that we have, you have this great big head right now. Right. And then you harvest that and then you, uh, a month from now you'll have all those uh, smaller heads. Okay. So you have a pretty good production. Now, but now in spinach, spinach is uh, more popular but also spinach is a little less less productive, so I, I generally recommend you have at least uh, if you if you have, everybody likes spinach, you have four spinach plants for everybody in the oh, house. Oh, for every person, four for each yeah. person. Okay, and then wow. you and then you harvest uh, how much a, a third of the foliage? Okay, every time you harvest it, every two weeks you can do that. That should go. How much okay. space do you need? For each four plants, how far apart are you putting them? Um, well, yeah, I, I always have a tendency to put the spinach too far apart because oh. I'm used to the the broccoli and the cauliflower and the uh, oh uh, you know some of our uh, collards and some of our others that get so big. Um, but you give you plant uh, three collards or three broccolis per eight foot roll, you can probably f- plant five. Uh, five spinaches or six spinaches, even in that same eight foot eight foot roll, and then you harvest a third of each plant foliage. Um, yeah, one of the keys there uh, is fertilization. All those greens mm-hmm. uh, need need a lot of uh, per, uh, perform best with if with they get a lot of. Fertilization. So, are you using just the nineteen five nine? I I use nineteen five nine at the bef- just getting the the bed ready. Okay. So a week or even if, if I think of it, two weeks before I plant it, and so it goes in there. Um, oh, actually, you, uh, ten ten uh, cups per hundred square feet works really well. With this uh, oh, okay. nineteen five nine, it's not wasted because it's fifty percent comes out fast. Yeah, and then the for for the the plants you're putting in right away, and then the other fifty percent uh, will, if they're long lived plants, um, they'll uh, they'll use it up. So that's spinach, spinach, and all those greens, and then onions the same way. Onions are uh, planting them now, and you uh, for three dollars. Sure. Yeah, you get yeah, you get uh, sixty to seventy onion plants of the 
all the mild 1015. And, yeah. I mean, you get a lot. Yeah. I think last year you had a good suggestion, which was to kind of uh, go in with somebody, too. You buy one, they buy one, and then you – or two people anyway, and you split them up. So you're you're not getting, you know – you're not having to buy – don't tell Trace I said this. Yeah, you're not having to buy three yeah. or four each, although it's only two ninety nine, so it's not yeah. a huge waste. But um, yeah. Well, and if you yeah, if you do the the other the other option is if you plant uh, plant them every every four inches. One of those yeah. two ninety nine. Oh, that yeah. Packets every four inches takes two two and a half eight foot rows, and then, but then you have to you have to harvest the ones in between the two. Two in between the main onions um, for green onions. Yeah, and yeah. then chop yeah, those. And then you have then you have ten or twelve uh, big uh, big onions that are produced by by June one. So let's see. So for our, for our winter vegetables, we've got broccoli, onions, uh, we kale, kale, yeah, kale. Uh, spinach, chard. I'm trying to think of uh, cauliflower. You mentioned that. What else? What am I missing? Um, um, when do I do squash? I guess squash is summer. Uh, Brussels sprouts. Oh, yeah, the Brussels sprouts, yeah. Uh, squash, not till March. Okay, sorry. Okay, well. Yeah, um, Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Are Brussels sprouts hard to grow, or are they pretty forgiving? No, they're they're easy. They just take a little, they take longer. So you get kind of impatient for them, but they they'll... Well, uh, they'll start being ready probably not until the end of January. Or oh, okay. First oh, of, that's not very... Yeah, first, first I think of, we have Brussels sprout transplants still, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, if you plant them now... Yeah, then it'll take... It'll take a little while. Yeah. But if you planted them in the, uh, September, like we did with everything else, they'll be ready. Then you can actually plant a broccoli... And uh, kale and uh, chard mm-hmm. up until about February 1st. Okay, so about another get, month. Most years you'll get a, a crop. Have you ever grown celery? And is celery a winter? Not as I, – I grew a few, but not as successfully as you've done. I yeah. just had the one big stock, but yeah. yeah. Is that a winter? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was kind of makes fun. me hungry thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, because because uh, uh, celery is another one that could be uh, that people quite often like as well as they do spinach. Yeah. Oh, and, that, and then it's just as good as broccoli. Yeah. Uh, do you just break off a, a yeah. stalk and then it'll and, and it goes to the to the uh, sour cream and okay. Yeah, so good. Yeah. What about and, herbs? Are there any herbs or winter? What are well, our winter herbs? Yeah. Um, oh, our, our herbs that we use for living Christmas trees. Uh, oh, the rosemary. Rosemary. Yeah. Uh, gosh, yeah, there's other other herbs too. Uh, I'm oh, trying to think the, of... Uh, parsley. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and parsley is supposed to be so good for you. I know people use it as a garnish, but if you go online and look at it, parsley yeah. has so much nutritional Mint. value. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, gosh, yeah. All those. Uh, uh, and then there. Well, what, what, what's what's the famous? Uh, we should uh, the Mexican uh, cilantro. Cilantro, yeah. Oh, that's now too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's. Uh, if they planted it by seed, they should have planted it a little earlier. But uh, 
Um, that's that's one that's available. I'm just trying to think. There at Millburgers, there's about yeah. There's a seems bunch. like about uh, 20 different uh, herbs on the uh, lots of lots of them on the tables. Yeah, I mean they really do have a good choice. I don't think. Um, uh, let's see, stevia, no, uh, dill. Any of those are winter, or they're mostly summer. No, spring? dills, dills. Okay, is, I think so. Summer. I know the dill because uh, the, the butterflies. They have the black swallowtails. Yeah, they oh, love. Oh, and they like parsley too. So. Oh, do they? Oh no. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so let's see. Uh, before we get people caught up with the news too, uh, since I represent, I, I like to think I represent the the struggling gardener. So for a gardener that hasn't done uh, a vegetable garden, what is the most forgiving vegetable for winter? Is oh, for broccoli? winter? Yeah. Oh, of course. Of course, radishes are easy to grow. Mm. Uh, uh, English peas, the uh, uh, the ones that are the uh, sweet peas, the and the broccoli, I think, is uh, in that in that league. Yeah, I I kind of thought broccoli was pretty yeah. forgiving. In other words, you can and kale, kale. Is, oh, is kale okay? And collards, which kale, kale and collards are are just uh, variations of each other. But uh, are the Brussels sprouts pretty forgiving? Because Laura loves Brussels sprouts. Well, Brussels sprouts are the most cold cold tolerant. Okay. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas, live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery at 1604 in Bolverde Road. Come out to visit or call us at 210-308-8867. That's 210-308-8867. And now back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to the second hour of Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch. And the nursery is closed now for the holiday, uh, but we're just talking gardening with you. So uh, we're, we're doing a lot of good stuff, learning a lot of stuff. I'm learning stuff. So uh, we encourage you just to enjoy. And as Calvin and I talk a little bit about all kinds of gardenings now, um, you wanted to talk about uh, seed vegetables, seeded vegetables? Yeah. You know, we're relying more and more on transplants. And Millburgers is uh, probably one of the best places to get the the transplants that uh, you, you mentioned the the herbs you know mm-hmm. and the, the, all that huge display and uh, a little later we'll talk about flowers all the transplants but uh, the, there are some uh, seeded vegetables too and and uh, some folks uh, have have a inclination they like the they like to have the part of the garden seeded yeah. So, uh, and then all, part of it, part of that is uh, for the, the kids, grandkids, and uh, children trying to get them interested in gardening. Uh, quite often, they're they're fascinated by that seeding, especially now they don't want to eat the radishes too often. <laughs> but the radishes, you know, that that'll be up within the within a week when you plant them. That's always. Always uh, fascinating. They'll be harvesting them in a couple weeks, uh, so that that that's the quickest thing to come up. One of the one of the other things that we talk a lot about are the uh, uh, that uh, the lettuce, the leaf lettuce. Oh, the that, Crawford, yeah, the Crawford. That, that's a, can you do other leaf lettuces here? Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. So we'll yeah. talk about Crawford. Then we'll, I'll I'll bring it back to the other leaf lettuce. Okay. So. Yeah. Well, the Crawford leaf lettuce is a, is a famous one that we. Uh, m- most gardeners 
use. And, of course, uh, Steve Brown, when we worked so closely with him at, at KSAT uh, TV, uh, he, he, he was, <laughs> I was going to say notorious, uh, he was well known for uh, having uh, Crawford lettuce that it's a self, uh, it reseeds itself all over the KSAT 12. Uh, Little garden? Uh, their, their whole whole landscape there was just, every place you looked was uh, Crawford lettuce. And what it is, is uh, it reseeds itself very, very tasty, very hardy, long season uh, grass, I mean uh, lettuce. And uh, so if you plant it once, you generally are, will have it come back and uh, uh, come back. One of the t- uh, tricks to it, well, I think uh, I think we still have free Crawford lettuce seed at Millburgers. Mm-hmm. One per family, but yeah, one with, per with purchase. But. but And there's like 100 seeds in there. Yeah. So you you just they're, they're tiny seeds, so you just you want to carefully get them out and spread them. But the trick, and this is the same on all lettuce, the trick is uh, prepare the the roll flat, uh, uh, the soiled turn, but just put the seed on top of the soil, and that if you cover it even with mulch or or soil, you don't get very good germination. So if you cover it, if you put it on top, then you you should have a, a really good response. But yeah, when you when you get uh, when you get back, a lot of you will have gift certificates, and you stop into Millburgers to get them uh, cashed in. Uh, get your uh, get your free uh, Crawford lettuce too, and and, and plant a, a row of that in in the garden or in a container. Very attractive too, and uh, that that's fun. And then uh, they're, uh, they can plant the, let's see, what other things? Carrots. Oh, yeah, people call about that a lot. Like, yeah, uh, James called about that. And carrots, carrots are they're slower to germinate. So it's, it gets a little, and they, 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 again, there's relatively small seed, and you don't, don't want to cover them too much. But they are easy to grow, and once they get started, neat thing about carrots you can kind of store them in the garden, pick them as you need them, mm-hmm. and they'll taste good and last way into uh, June. And wow, yeah, and uh, if it gets real warm, they they'll decline decline uh, taste. But uh, you, you can, uh, and the kids just love them. You know, if they if they've had a part in planting them, and they can go and harvest them when they want them, because there's no, there's hardly anybody that. Uh, Complaints, mother, moms, or dads uh, that don't uh, complain about kids eating too many carrots. Uh, they're so good for them and everything, and uh, and they're easy to grow. And uh, uh, what a, what a great way to get the kids involved in gardening. I've tried to do it with rutabagas, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, it doesn't have the same appeal. No, even turnips are a little easier to grow. Uh, but uh, turnips and rutabagas. Are, are root crops that uh, grow beets? Yeah. Well, if you like uh, beet greens, uh, they're easy to grow too. But we talked about spinach being not producing as many fo- much foliage as uh, uh, collards and and kale and those things. Uh, beets produce even less. Uh, okay. And if you 
if you're like me, and that, that's my one of my favorite greens is the beet greens. Um, you just have, you just take takes a couple of rows of beets to produce enough uh, beet greens for you to uh, have and enough to meet meet your okay. needs. Okay, and beets are so good for you too. Oh yeah, gosh, and they taste so good. Yeah, I love them, love them. So well, let's see, we mentioned rutabagas and we mentioned the uh, turnips. Turnips, you can get the the roots and the tops, and you can get s- several different kinds of plants. But um, you want to go ahead and get those planted. The other ones you've uh, there's uh, in the spring will have other plants. Uh, the uh, summer squash you mentioned, and uh, um, cucumbers, mm-hmm. and, and some of them that that plant. Oh, and the other thing is uh, those uh, sweet those peas. What are they? What are they called? The ones that are have the sweet, the uh, English peas. Sweet are, peas or yeah, um, the snap, snap, snap peas, snap okay. peas. That's it, and they're 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 easier to grow than the uh, English peas. Uh, English peas are a little uh, take a little longer. Oh, okay, and then uh, again, this is uh, the snap peas are one of those that the, that the kids just, just yes. like to harvest okay. right off. And they're so productive that you, you can have them harvest them and uh, eat them, and they're uh, very nutritious, and good for you, good for you. So, anyhow, that's that's a, an important part of the uh, vegetable garden that we don't want to forget about the, the seeds, and it's it's one of the best ways to include the the kids and get in uh, get in the uh, some of the favorite vegetables um, that that we use. Now, the other thing that's uh, Growing up a storm, Milton is the flowers. Oh, okay. This year, isn't it? It's been pretty spectacular. Yeah. Uh, well, my whopper begonias. I was bragging oh, on those. My. They, yeah. Does that? That's a, the problem with that, though. Is I've got some whoppers, but it uh, then it uh, they look so good. I'd, I'm not going to move them. So my cyclamen, oh. where I usually plant cyclamen, my my begonias are just uh, doing so well. So that that's the kind of a dilemma to have is that everything looks too good, and you uh, and the begonia, begonias, of course, are a, a summer plant, and they, um, but they're not they're not a they're not a temperamental uh, sissy plant. They they do pretty well. They've no, done, they're tough. Yeah, they've done very and well in this. They're weather. actually, I keep using the term forgiving. They're actually kind of forgiving too. Um, you know, we haven't, you know, through the summer we tried to keep them watered and they did well and they kept coming. But now uh, they're just, we haven't watered much at all and they're still doing great and they're beautiful. Yeah, you were telling somebody they were six foot tall. Yeah, I was, and I think (laughs) Trace believed me. Yes, but they're not six foot tall. They're probably two and a half, three feet tall. Well, these, these begonias he's talking about are the cousin, the, you know, the regular little, uh, uh, begonias everybody's familiar with. They've got that new cousin now. It's called the whopper begonia. Mm-hmm. The, that, that grows to three foot, four foot. Yeah. And the blooms are bigger. And the foli- the leaves are bigger. So it's really, but they're just as tough as the little ones are. They can take, uh, they can take drought. Uh, you, can, uh, you don't have to water them uh, every day. Um, and they uh, don't seem to be... Um, two, uh, they don't seem to have a real problem with uh, um, insects 
or diseases or anything. They just uh, seem to be a tough, really showy plant. Now, in a lot of time, a lot of times they will. Uh, uh, oh, they, if the freeze comes, they may freeze back, but sometimes they'll come right out and back back up Is in that the right? spring. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 tough, tough that way. So it's a it's a great plant, of course. That puts you in a dilemma in terms of space. Yeah, it does. It's just too many so how, plants. So how long will it go? How long will my whopper? They be will whoppering. This kind of weather will go forever. Okay. They now they did get uh, uh, the the Christmas freeze last year. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I had I probably had twenty, and but only two survived that. So, oh, okay. So wow. That, that yeah, that cold weather. Was enough to uh, take them out of the picture. Take them out of the picture. Um, but then, of course, if you do, if we do get a freeze, then we've got we've got the unbelievable cyclamen to uh, to fill the space, and the uh, primrose. Oh, those those primrose. Oh yeah, that you were really bragging on those. Is that yeah. the one that you talk about having the clown paint? The f- clown face paint colors, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Very it, it just reminds me of the you know when we used paint. to go to the cir- circus mm-hmm. and the cl- clowns had that waxy yeah the little... coloring on the face, and uh, that's that's what the, c- the color they're they're shaped like uh, pansies, a little bigger but not too much bigger than pansies, and they you, you they're in full bloom when you buy them from the nursery, and they stay in bloom the whole the whole time right up to June. Um, and then they, they're they're sensitive. They're they need shade, and they don't like hot weather. So that's that's what they're about. But they're uh, they're sidekicks to the um, cyclamen, and work just as uh, work uh, just as well in the shade in the winter time. I I got some that were golden. And then I uh, just uh, two days ago I plant, planted some more that were blue, unbelievable. There are even there are even some brown ones and uh, hmm. a red, a pink, a rust color, yellows, whites. Um, you, you need to again. This is another thing to take a look while you're at uh, Milberger's. Uh, take a look at those. Uh, yeah, I call them primulas. I think uh, most gardeners do. Uh, but uh, some call them primrose. Yeah, because uh, people call, gardeners call so many things primrose that I, it's uh, depending on where you are, you get confused by, you know, primrose in Minnesota is something different than, or, um, but anyhow, the, these are, whatever you call them, they're worthy of a consideration, uh, for your garden. Um, but then the other thing that is. Uh, I drive you guys crazy talking about is those stocks. Mm-hmm. That fragrance. Uh, yeah, I know you really, you really yeah, brag on it. Yeah, they're um, they're tough to grow. I've t- I've tried in past years to grow them by seed, and I I haven't have had any success. Oh. But whoever th- this variety, I know it's at Milburgh's. This variety, um, and this weather, have combined to. Uh, uh, they've just continued uh, to bloom, and the fragrance is just—it's uh, hard to believe it's so pleasant. And uh, Milton and I were trying to dis- discuss—I I, kind of described it as a floating, 
mm-hmm. uh, wisping, wisping, but potent uh, fragrance out there. And uh, now another another one that's across the nursery is the alyssum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a kind that's of that's a winter also. Yeah, and that, that they're both full sun. You uh, haven't talked about pansies. Yeah, you know we've poor pansies. Uh, pansies are the all star, really the all star of uh, of uh, winter flowers, because they 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 have the most cold tolerance. You uh, you plant them; they're blooming when you plant them, and they rarely do they get hurt by any cold. And they uh, they make it; they'll make it further than the cyclamen and, and the uh, stocks. Um, and you got lot, you got lots of choices. So you got uh, you can put them in tiny uh, little. You know, you can put the cousins, the violas, yeah. in little uh, containers, and they do very well in little containers. You got the big, uh, the big uh, dark faced mm-hmm. uh, pansies, and then you got the clear faced uh, pansies too. Uh, all kinds of colors, um, and they're uh, really one of the most uh, least expensive of them. Mm-hmm. Flowers too, and showy, lots of colors. Uh, so petunias are they? We've had petunias for a while, haven't we? Yeah. Well, you mm-hmm. and I have had, had them, and uh, the uh, Milbergers offered them, and they're still out there reseeding. Uh, oh, good. Now you're so talking about the yeah, Laura Bush be, or the VIP, or yeah, the, they'll be they'll be growing. Oh, okay. In fact, mine, one of mine is. Uh, uh, growing in the uh, milkweed, my milkweed oh, experimental wow. area. So, I I generally am pretty uh, uh, s- uh, stingy about space for the milkweeds, giving it to anything else. But I've let that that petunia have have a space there. You know, we uh, we mentioned we spent a lot of time talking about the, the milkweed. Part of it is that we have such a Strong gardener response from a gardener. It's, it's so, so neat to see that gardeners are interested in helping the yeah the pan, helping the monarchs yeah trying to increase that population and make it possible for them to make it to their wintering grounds and to have plenty of uh, places to lay their eggs. We talk about that. More yeah, later. we'll talk about that right after the break. All right. Well, you're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas, or. Uh, broadcasting recorded today. Normally I say we're broadcasting live, but we are recorded uh, because Millburgers is closed for the day, uh, but it will reopen right after uh, Christmas. So I encourage you to, to go over there and uh, check it out. And uh, all the stuff that we're talking about, maybe you've got it off the day after Christmas or just come on out the week after and uh, check it out. And then see us, of course, every Saturday and Sunday over on the porch uh, from noon to 2. And always, you can go to millburgernursery.com. That's millburgernursery.com to learn more about what's going on. We'll take a break. Come back in a moment. I'm Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch talking gardening with you on this recorded edition of Millburgers Gardening South Texas. All right, so we were talking about milkweed. I know that's a subject near and dear to your heart because of the butterflies. Um, where did you want to go on that one? 
Well, let's let's start our exploring a little bit. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have another oh, a large number of people. We had full houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, how many classes do we have, Milton? We had. Uh, you had the one in the medical center. You had the one in the nursery, and the one in New Braunfels. And you may have had two uh, at uh, one of those locations. Yeah, yeah. That and we had full, full, yeah, full houses there. So we're going to in February. We've gone ahead, and the first of March, we've gone ahead and scheduled uh, again. What we're, what we're trying to do is f- uh, figure out uh, with a t- with a team, a large team of uh, San Antonio and regional gardeners, uh, how how to what's the easiest way to grow native milkweed? And uh, you know we've we, we're relying on milbers and. Other nurseries for uh, tropical milkweed, and we've had an. We'll probably talk about it a little bit. We had an exciting uh, experience with the the giant. Uh, oh, the white flowered. Yeah. Gosh, gosh, that. Produ- Are uh, you enjoying that? Oh God, yeah. And is a, it fragrant? It's supposed to be. Um, I haven't noticed that as much as the production of the. Caterpillars and the ki- the kid uh, yeah. were distributing them to uh, uh, people that were the classes are are using them for to learn about uh, uh, reproduction of, of, of I guess more than just monarchs. Yeah. Do um do you think that was the giant white milkweed? Do you think that's more attractive to the? The monarchs and the other milkweed are just about the same. Well, the, you know, that, that's a complex question. You know, you have some naturalists say this is uh, uh, not not uh, native. The native milkweeds are not available right now mm-hmm. because they 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 quit uh, producing their. Leaves and the flowers and everything. So, so what? The, these other tropical milkweed and this uh, wh- giant white milk—that's giant white milkweed. It's from India. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this time of the year, it is very attractive to. Oh, the re- the remnants of the uh, the migrant remnants of the monarchs. Okay. Populations. We wish they had gotten back in time from their migration to uh, to make it to the wintering grounds, but they uh, there's a few that haven't, and they've laid eggs. On yeah. Them. And so that those are the ones we're using for the. Uh, for the current classes, and uh, we're, we've got uh, gardeners that are uh, uh, providing special housing for them so they can make it through the cold weather and hopefully uh, get back in the migra- migration uh, track. Mm-hmm. Um, It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Our, our larger picture... Uh, story though is uh, goal 
is to figure out what um, what's the easiest way to grow the native mil- milkweeds. Okay. So that we, because it's hard, it's it's hard. Despite the fact that they're they're difficult to kill, the milkweeds are. They're also difficult to propagate, and uh, so that's that's why a lot of area gardeners have relied on tropical milkweed. Um, so we're we're cooperating with Milbergers, of course, and with uh, master gardeners and uh, oh, our Native American Seed Company mm-hmm. and uh, uh, some of our other uh, seed companies. Uh, to uh, figure out what it takes, they've uh, we've uh, explored some chill requirements, and so that that this this next series of classes in February will will uh, tr- try to follow a little closer the techniques uh, that. Uh, Oh, for instance, Native American Seed Company has has, uh, actually uh, written up and uh, they have uh, had some good luck with. So we're going to see if we can make it so that our our 120 gardener attendees to our classes can do that. Then, then, because the, the, the neat deal is if we can get the... All those gardeners with a few native milkweeds yeah. sp- spread all over and by the freeways. And, and, and uh, of course, we've got cities and universities that doing initiatives. Oh, too. that's cool. I didn't know that. Then, then now we, we're, we're not, we're not uh, conducting them, but they are right. out there working on it. Um, they, then we... Um, then we've got a chance to have a major impact on that population. And here in San Antonio, we're the kind of the, one of the last legs before they make that run down to the towards Mexico City. Is that City. right? Yeah. So how is it judged if we're being successful with a monarch population or not? Well, it, it's judged when we did uh, when we planted all the seeds last time. Mm-hmm. We had. Uh, the uh, the one of the Zaludi uh, 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 one of the varieties we had a lot of luck germinating. Oh no no I meant uh, but that's okay. Well I'll come um, back to it. No I meant the butterflies. How do you? Oh you know the ultimate goal is to create more monarchs. Yeah yeah the how do, uh, how do you know whether well. Uh, it's a really a complex situation okay. to degenerate, but it, but it's an important. Uh, to, that's a good point to bring up. They migrate from me- the central Mexico, and th- this population does all the way up through s- the San-, San Antonio area and in- into uh, Canada, and. They have four generations. The problem with the generations are every time these uh, butterflies that are migrating stop to lay eggs, 
it takes, they have to have milkweed. Then they die when this new generation comes. Then that new generation has to move to the next area. And then they lay eggs. They die. Oh. So here, here this population is with that complex generation thing. Then they have to migrate from Canada to Mexico through central Texas and other places. So that, you know, if the weather's bad, which it was in when 2008 or whenever, when the population really got uh, beat up, um, then then we're, we're killing milkweed because it's a, a weed that interferes with gardening. I mean, with crop raising. So right. We got to be care- we got to be careful about that. Um, and that's those are the complications that are, are that are involved. And one that we didn't really re- realize was that uh, it's hard to kill milkweed, native milkweed, but it's just as hard to to re to regrow it to get it to grow. Oh, I didn't. Okay, yeah, actually, I've heard y'all talk about that. Where, yeah. So that's that's what we're all, and that's what all these gar. I guess the gardeners are excited, like I am, about it. If we're, we can, some gardeners had some good luck, and some some are still working on it. Yeah. And and we what we hope is that now we'll the the gardeners that participate will will all get a share. I mean, they'll they all have some containers. Uh, we're going to refrigerate, um, start, uh, get the cold chill in January, starting in January, and then then they all plant some. We're also going to plant, though, uh, at the recommendation of the of our, the seed companies that are participating. We're also going to plant some garden. They think it will be successful if we plant some direct after this cold Mm -hmm. uh, treatment plant some in uh, in gardens directly Mm. Uh, so we'll have that hopefully we'll be able to have one at millburgers oh that'd be great yeah we'll have one at at the uh, medical center area at uh, education resource center and we uh, it appears we'll have one at the uh, a garden area of the New Braunfels um, um, uh, our friends uh, Master Gardeners. Oh, okay. They've got a wonderful garden area out there. Let me just tell folks you're listening to Milberger's Gardening South Texas on 930 AM The Answer, Milton Glick and Dr. Calvin Finch. And we're just, uh, today's show is recorded so uh, we're talking about a variety of different things. The uh, classes that you're talking about are the presentations, the programs. What month uh, do you anticipate they'll be in? Do you know yet? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we, in fact, my article <laughs> next Saturday okay. uh, talks about the, all these issues we just talked about and uh, talks about the schedule and where they'll, they'll be held. And I, I apologize for not having that with, oh, okay. with me here. Um but they'll be, yeah, they'll be in February, 
Okay. There will there'll be four Saturdays in February. We'll also have, uh, uh, and then uh, two, two Saturdays in March, um, and we'll also do another series on on the uh, rodeo tomatoes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to give people an idea of uh, what the uh, class, what the program will be? Because um, I know this is the second year. Are you changing it anything? Are you adding anything? Or yeah, yeah. That's that's we're gonna uh, we're gonna do the planting. Okay. Oh, we're, good. We'll refri- we'll refrigerate so that we have all the uh, the seed. We'll have the generations. We're gonna have we'll have uh, four different native varieties. Um. And then we'll, and then we'll, then we're also going to have a, a major difference is that we're going to have the the garden areas planted, which which the uh, seed companies think is, is an important okay uh, addition. The garden areas of these, yeah, you, you see, oh, like well, Millburgers on the garden. Yeah, okay. so it was we were. It was a lot of fun to plant in our containers, but we didn't. Only a few of the varieties responded to that planting in containers, and so now the we're going to try. We're going to change the techniques a little bit. We're still going to do the containers, but we're also going to do those uh, garden plantings. Okay. Here at Millburgers, so we can watch them at the medical center, at uh, the New Braunfels, uh, at yeah. uh, uh, gar- uh, Master Gardener. So your ar- your article next Saturday does that give contact information if folks want to sign up? Because yeah, actually, it's got the phone numbers good. in there. Okay, so because they may want to sign up pretty quickly, that's based on last year's uh, popularity. That's right. And uh, we've uh, we kind of set the dates a few uh, few weeks ago, but it's just like uh, just like the Christmas is really sneaking. Yeah, up it on does kind of sneak up on you quickly. All right. Well, listen, we're gonna we're gonna sneak into a break here and uh, get you some a little bit of advertising, but come back in just a second. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. I'm Milton Glick, along with Dr. Calvin Finch. Today's show is recorded. Uh, I know that I speak for everybody at Millburgers when I wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. And uh, we want you to know that in the the, uh, year to come, you can uh, always go to uh, Millburgers' website, millburgernursery.com, or come to the nursery for uh, all kinds of great advice there. The folks there know so much about gardening at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. Back in a moment on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. This is the Christmas edition. And uh, we, uh, on Christmas Eve, we're recording the show, hoping you're enjoying it. And uh, Calvin was talking about milkweed and uh, monarch butterflies. And uh, you wanted to bring up a couple more things before we went to the next subject. Yeah, I was uh, t- talked a lot about the 
the seed companies that have been cooperating with us, but I uh, mentioned Native American Seed Company, but I uh, didn't mention the Douglas King Seed Company as much okay. as I should. That's great. Yeah, because Douglas King Seed Company came up with a t- technique uh, to uh, to uh, raise the that uh, the milkweed that grows south of uh, San Antonio does not require any chill, and they they put it all together. Uh, hmm. In containers for us and everything, and show, showed us how, and then we that that's been very successful. So that yeah, we ha- we have a a bunch of great partners that are involved with that are ex- excited about uh, making breakthroughs on these uh, on the native milkweeds as we are. And then there's lots, of course, there's lots of other gar- gardeners. You know, our we'll have uh, all three times uh, we'll have a hundred plus. Attend our oh wow! Attend our milkweed class classes, but there's hundreds of other gardeners out there that are excited too. That doesn't include the uh, the rodeo tomato classes. Yeah. classes. They'll be a little later. Well, the nice thing too is, and if you want to touch on this, we can, or if you want to go someplace else uh, in the conversation, we can do that too. But we are so lucky that a lot of the Texas superstars, uh, things that you know have that history of doing well. Also, our uh, pollinator attractors. Uh, what are some of your other favorites? Do you want to talk about those too? Yeah, we could. Well, and you you mentioned uh, we should mention the Bear County Master Gardeners. Mm-hmm. Are gonna, it appears they'll be a, a partner this oh good this time, and and we're gonna we're gonna really do uh, work hard on collecting the data on the uh, you know we've got those hundred gardeners out there with. Uh, each one of them has some containers of the milkweed seed, and uh, we'll be collecting the data when it germinates and whether it germinates, and and then we'll uh, what we learn we'll uh, apply it in the future again. So yeah, well yeah, lots of well, well, pollinators. Uh, yeah, and maybe a good approach on this is uh, so you mentioned planting milkweed in the garden. You've mentioned Mil- Milberger's butterfly garden. But if um, if I want to start my own butterfly garden, obviously milkweed uh, would be good, I, I suppose, right? Yes, you need milkweed if you're going to – because uh, that's all the monarchs will lay their eggs. Okay. Uh, they, they, they have to – the caterpillars have to uh, eat the foliage of the uh, milkweed. Right. So do I I'm, – I'm ready to start designing this butterfly garden. Do I want it in sun or shade? Oh, yeah. Uh, does it matter? Well, yeah, it does. The, it's easy, much easier in the sun. But if you okay. only, if you only have shade, then you'll just have to make some adjustments, or you can have, you know, a combination. But mo- mostly sun, because we're talking about uh, um, milkweed is a, a sun, right? But requires sun. A mist flower. Okay, so that's. Uh, and well, zinnias. Yeah, that's one of the, the very attractive plants to um, so all pollinators. Those, okay, so all those want sun, and so uh, now we have three things to put in them. Yeah, and then there's uh, the, another one that we're having great luck with is uh, called blue curl. Yeah, that's right. It's all it's already up in area uh, landscapes now, and, and that one grows in the shade or the sun. The thing I like about that too is it starts blooming before the mist flower and the zinnias do, because okay, it's you know it's going right now. It's uh, mm-hmm. I mean, 
growing that's now. That's interesting. It's, yeah, but that that the is uh, that's another uh, folks uh, ask where they can get this uh, get the seed. That's Native uh, American seed companies. Okay, uh, it's the for source blue for curl? Blue curl. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's a great one. And then uh, lantana. Okay. Any, but, any particular lantana? No, I think in the fall the lantanas are are the the shifts the the emphasis shifts to the lantanas and the, the salvias. Uh, oh, fall asters do well. Okay. Now, of course, one of them, one of the exotics that really attracts the pollinators, but uh, is sensitive to the cold, so it doesn't la- last a long season. Is the uh, um, oh help help me on this uh, the uh, Paul Cox's favorite uh, oh the uh, porter porter weed. weed porter weed. weed yeah oh gosh what a what a plant to have I, I always uh, I can't help but say this is uh, I, I always have it on my uh, patio it's the only pl- little plant. That I've ever seen, and it's this is a happens quite often. That ha, will have hummingbirds, bees, and butterflies on it at the same time, competing for the for those t- tiny little red and blue uh, flowers. It's just an amazing thing. Uh, check that check that out. And you like the red, I think, for the most. Oh yeah, part. yeah. I think the the red is bl- blooms from earlier in the spring and into the. Well, did you even say that the the pollinators are more attracted to the red, or is that just my imagination? Oh, I th- I think the fact that the the red is has such a long bloom season. Oh, okay. Yeah, the blue, uh, the blue is uh, in the fall. It's, it's now is blooming a, a, a good show, uh, but uh, so the both of them were affected by the uh, the winds and the temperatures falling so they're they're not as uh, spectacular there's still some blooms and they're still attracting uh, butterflies but they're not as spectacular as they were okay. a few weeks ago but uh, what are some other ones um and then i got a question overall uh, kind of based on experience but the um uh, you mentioned a lot of different flowers oh by the way what's a great resource so i mean you'll have your column you have columns about this and stuff, but but what's it? Just go online and do South Texas Butterfly Garden, or what do you? Well, reckon? there's lots of different uh, uh, butterfly uh, garden uh, emphasis. I mean, uh, resources. Okay. So you can go online, and then of course uh, we do the radio show to right. every Saturday or every Sunday. You can call. We got a lot cost. of gardeners that, uh, and we've got the cus- the uh, butterfly garden at Millburgers. Mm-hmm. So you can see what's in that. Mary does a great job taking care of that. There's a gardening, uh, um, Gayata Echovisky, Gayata Echovisky. I'm I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right, but she has got the book book out on a uh, a gardening uh, gardening in the, the south to attract butterflies. Ooh, okay. Very, very good resource. Very, uh. Yeah, check that. Check that out. If you get if you get any of my articles in the Express News, 
I, ger- I generally try to mention, well, and the f- one coming out Saturday, I think we'll, we'll, oh. we'll mention Gayatta's book, too. Okay. So that, that, that's a wonderful resource. And, uh, um, and then let's see. All the, ma- the Master Gardener classes, the Gardening mm-hmm. Volunteers of South Texas, some of the, some of the garden clubs are doing a great job. Uh, and the, our, our friends at the uh, area universities are involved, too. Oh, good. Okay. So really go online, but I'm trying to figure out what I should limit it to. So if I put butterfly garden, but I could get a butterfly garden in Minnesota, and uh, that's not what I probably want. I want a South Texas... Resource? Yeah. So. yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Okay. Uh, then in, uh, I think I believe the the article I did for Christmas presents for gardeners, I listed. Uh, oh, some books that. Yeah, I listed okay. Gaeta's book, okay. and I also listed a book on caterpillars, because um, caterpillars are hard to identify. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, and so that, and then 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 there's also a. A handbook for butterflies. So if you have those three, you got a pretty good, a good library on there. Okay. So um, to, to the let's see, you can you could probably even well we'll we'll see if we can't put that on uh, um, uh, the uh, the nurseries. Okay. Yeah, we'll see if we okay. can. Well, Can't put that on the yeah maybe just on the the thing on the butterfly yeah, garden we'll just, where or, or just a, a ta- uh, attach it to my next article oh that's a good idea too okay yeah. all right so here's my uh, and I know you've mentioned like uh, certain grasses clovers horse herb things like that I think the garden at Millburgers has some horse herb in it or no am I wrong yes okay but here's here's my question and I don't mean to offend. But And you can tell me whether this is accurate or not. Maybe just uh, what I've seen. I've seen people that have certified butterfly gardens in, in San Antonio. And for a while, they, they look beautiful. And then they begin to look a little unruly. They're not a neat, uh, a well-mannered, well-manicured garden to have. Is that correct? Uh, or, do you, or is that just how much you tend it? Yeah, that's how much you Okay, much so, you tend it. so it can be... In front of because it's like in front of their house, and you'll see, and it's just it's gone yeah. crazy. And you bring up a good point because uh, one of the neat things about butterflies is that uh, twelve months out of the year you can have butterflies uh, making your yard, Ooh, your landscape that's more a good attractive. Point. We might we 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 maybe have to. That's a good thing to write about. I think. Too, okay. Man. Yeah. Here is you know here's the easy part of the year, but here's the Here's uh you know and if we did it uh, this year in preparation for next next fall that would help too. How many of the items that you mentioned for the uh, butterfly garden were perennials? What percentage do you think? Perennials? Yeah. Um, How many are annuals? How many are, are perennials? Well, zinnias are annuals. Right. Uh the blue curl is an annual but a reproducing annual. Of course zinnias will reproduce another uh Oh, your uh, what 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 is the of uh, the uh, weed that, ta- that uh, always uh, takes over my snapdragons? Uh, 
Mm. But it's an, it's a, a very attractive weed, and the pollinators love it. Oh, it's not the queen's crown or the... No, no. The... Oh, it's not the cat's claw, is it? No, oh. heaven forbid. <laughs> yeah. Well, wash your mouth out with soap. Sorry, I'm sorry. I even uh, mentioned no, it. No, it's uh, the uh, bunny bloom larkspur. Oh, larkspur, yeah. Larkspur. Larkspur is, a, is a, another good one. Of course, it reproduces just like the... Uh, just like the blue curl does, so you gotta you gotta want it because it'll be back every year. Okay. Um, um, but I was wondering because, okay, so uh, if you're gonna put zinnias, say, in the butterfly garden, you're only going to get to enjoy them for a a certain amount of time. Like they'll freeze, I guess, or they'll the cold yeah. weather. They, yeah, that's right. So some then, are still growing, but the majority of them. Okay. Uh, Bit the dust with the cold weather. So the neatness of the garden uh, really depends on the gardener and how long they spend time in the garden. Well, and that that that's another issue on uh, gardening all the time is uh, how, what is your primary goal? Do you, uh, or can you have a combination of it being attractive to nature and very uh, attracting a maximum amount of uh, wildlife mm-hmm. or... Do you want it to to look okay managed and uh, the the good news is you can do both okay but you usually have to compromise if you you know you have to do a little, spend a little more time working it uh, but, but a lot of us that have the butterfly gardens uh just you know we concentrate um more on the spring and the summer okay and then let them kind of cruise in the in the fall but you don't have to do that here's a but we'll, uh, that, that, that's a good topic for us to explore. Yeah, we have 12 months of color. Now we can do 12 months of butterflies. Yes. Yeah, and good moths idea. and stuff like that. Some of the moths are gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're not your common house moth that you're like, blah. These are some gorgeous things. There's that giant one. I don't, is that called the giant moth? I don't know what it's called, but it is, it's beautiful and it's huge. Uh, anyway, okay. And they're uh, th- those that are, are eating your tomatoes, too. Yeah. Oh, the hornworm? Is that the... Is hornworm, that the... yeah. All right. We got about one minute left, so uh, uh, anything that you want to say before we close for our Christmas Eve edition? No, it's been a, it's been a great year in terms yeah. of uh, the garden, and uh, now if we could just... Uh, get the rain we need. There you go. We want rain for Christmas. That's it. That's Okay. Good. We want That's rain good. in 2024 for Christmas. All right. Well, I'm Milton Glick. On behalf of Calvin, on behalf of everybody at Millburgers, we want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. We're back next weekend. So uh, maybe uh, get those uh, New Year's resolutions, things that you want to do in the coming year, and we'll talk with you about them. Maybe they're joining a gardening group or uh, planting something that you haven't or creating a raised bed garden. We'll help you with Milkweed. Milkweed. Okay, that's the rain and milkweed. I'm Milton Glick. Merry Christmas, and we'll see you uh, uh, next week on 930 AM, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.